You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Good evening, welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard. I'm your host, Kev. You can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Goat. Speaking of goats, I've got two of them with me tonight. Well, first of all, come to my co-host, Ali, who you can follow on Twitter at FF Dynasty Grill. Good evening, Ali. How are you? Good evening, Kev. Yeah, I'm, I'm wonderful, thank you. Um, just about recovered from the weekend, staying up, watching the draft, and then going to work. And yeah, a bit disappointed the first night, staying up till <laughs> 4. It was actually 4.30 a.m. I stayed up to, and I never got, got to see a a Tampa Bay pick, so it was a bit <laughs> annoying. Um, I don't know if you could tell on Twitter, I was a bit frustrated. But other than that, it was uh, it was fascinating to see how the draft unfolded. So <laughs> feeling really good. Thanks, Kev. Good stuff, mate. And we'll bring you to the second go on, well, the third go class of me, but maybe not the second <laughs> go on the show. Matt, who you can follow on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. Good evening, Matt. Evening, Kev. How are, we, how are we doing? I'm doing really good. I had a really nice draft. But the question everybody wants to hear is, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm uh, I'm doing really well, thank you. I don't know why you think otherwise. Um, <laughs> obviously, the Giants smashing it day one with the uh, with the picks that we took. It, it were it were brilliant, and then never saw day two, so I fell asleep. Sadly, <laughs> sadly missed it. Don't know what's happened, and yeah, feel feel great for it. So I don't I don't know what you're getting at. Yeah, that that thing you can see burning in the background is a <laughs> Michael Carter jersey. I, I think Shory said the phrase dead to me several times. So um, just to clarify your stance on that, but maybe we'll have a bit more clarity well, on, the, on the on the on the selection. But um, yeah, it's, it's been a, obviously the draft this weekend. It's been a lovely event, my favourite time of the year. Probably your guys as well in the main. But uh, yeah, we've got an amazing show today. But before we get into the bulk of the show, we've got a few. Few key messages first of all. We'll start off um, with yourself, Matt, about the, the streamathon. Yeah, so the charity streamathon now it's uh, it's getting close. Saturday, the twenty first of May. Um, as you know, sixteen hours of Dynasty Talk raising funds for a great charity in mind. Um, something that that us three are all close to. Obviously, we did it last year and went really well. So yeah, hoping that everyone can support us, come follow us. Um, when when we do it on the twenty first of May, uh, the, the donation page that's open now. You can find that on his link tree. Um, at Fantasy Wildcard on Twitter. And yeah, just looking forward to it. It's getting close now, and is it three weeks to go? So less than uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's really exciting. Obviously, got lots to talk about after after what's just happened with the NFL draft. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun and obviously for a for a great cause. Indeed. Looking forward to it. We're just in the final preparation stages. And the, the people that are coming on, they don't know which teams are going to be talking about yet, but we do. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll make a wait a little bit longer and put them under a little bit of pressure on the day um <laughs> so that's that's um something big on the horizon but um something that's happened recently that's been quite quite interesting and fun for us as well is uh, something that Ali's going to share with us now it is I'm, I'm going to tell you about it but we've got a sexy model for those watching on <laughs> youtube um <laughs> we've got some gta custom themed fantasy wildcard t-shirts and hoodies and they are I have to say they're fantastic um very well designed um especially Kevin in the middle is looking really hard. Um, you don't you don't want to mess with us free, um, but just want to say it was fantastically done. So a huge a huge thanks to to Muggs and the Raider Ryan for for the design and, and the completion of these um, absolute bespoke custom orders. So they can literally do anything, any team, any player, any college team, anything really. He's he's absolutely smashing it. I know that he designed that Newcastle one that's absolutely mm. taken off for him. So. <laughs> Um, so well done to him. You can get one of these, a t-shirt for £17 and the hoodie's £31 and I would definitely recommend it. So if you want to follow them or we'll search them on Twitter, it's at MuggsNFL and the designer at Raider underscore Ryan one. Yeah, they're absolutely world class. Uh, I like them that much. I bought a t-shirt and a hoodie. Mm -hmm. So um, I will wear these year round. Um, I'm going to save it for a little bit after tonight's show, but I just wanted to give you a little sneak preview of um basically how bad you can look but still look good uh, which is what i'm doing right now <laughs> so we'll move on from my face and into to a better part of the show which is recapping the 2022 nfl draft highlighting some of the key players from the dynasty 
perspective. And these are the guys specifically selected on day one and two of the NFL draft. want to focus on the key guys today. And then obviously, as we get further into the offseason, we'll pick up on uh, the various other players as well. So it's going to be a few QBs, few running backs, a lot of wide receivers. And sadly from that, no tight ends on, on this show today. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> but they're not relevant anyway. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll kick off. <laughs> at the QB position, which was a really interesting one on draft night. And I don't know why he's smiling already, but um, <laughs> Ali, we'll let you kick us off. Yeah, don't worry, Matt. I'm going to turn your frown upside down. We've uh, <laughs> talked of the quarterback one. Uh, and it was always going to be the quarterback one, wasn't he? It was, um, yeah, Kenny Pickett. The only quarterback to go in, in round one and round two, as a matter of fact. Uh, went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We all know it's a fantastic landing spot. He was... He was mocked there plenty of times before the draft, but we didn't think he'd be the first quarterback on the board. We didn't think that Pittsburgh were going to have their choice of quarterbacks. In fact, every team had their choice of quarterbacks, but they all passed up on him until until round three, other than other than Kenny Pickett. So, so yeah, Kenny Pickett he he moves most certainly to the quarterback one spot. Uh, it's just been a meteoric rise for, for Pickett in his fifth year at Pitt. Uh, Forty-two touchdowns to seven interceptions completely blew up. Looked fantastic. Took command of the offense. Um, in his previous stats before that, he only threw 39 total touchdowns. So he's get he's getting a large knock on him for why did it take him so long to to produce all these these massive figures? Um, yeah, 39 touchdowns to 25 interceptions. So he was an average quarterback before then, um, and then he just blew up in 2021 with the 42 touchdowns. Unfortunately, he then got to the combine and his hand size was definitely comp to a baby it was it was not not good and a lot of people were fading him yeah the stats show that quarterback with that size hands really do not make it in the nfl but but yeah here we are we, he's still our quarterback one by default just because of that massive draft capital that he's got the advantage over the other quarterbacks um but i do think he does does deserve a huge amount of credit for an incredible season i still personally liked him pre-draft he's my quarterback three um i saw the see the upside in him it was just a lot of it was to the talk about he was definitely going to go round one, whereas there was a bit more uncertainty about the other quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, a lot of people say the knock on him is he, he had it better weapons in 2021. That certainly helped his helped his season, but I don't think it was everything required for for that massive ceiling. He had to take that leap as well in 2021, and he he took it took took over that offense and done really well. Um, so you can sort of see similarities to Joe Burrow again, another guy with smallish hands. <laughs> Um, Kev loves this comp, uh, but just look at Joe oh. Burrow's stats. He, <laughs> he only had the one massive year, which was very similar to, to Kenny Pickett. Again, it didn't take five years, uh, but it, just look at the one year where he did blow up. Okay, he, he threw 60 touchdowns, but he did have Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson that year, which are the now dynasty, obviously were one and two. So he panned out okay. Um, I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to reach any heights like Joe Burrow does, but he's going to be a very safe quarterback, um, that's for sure. It's definitely the best, best possible landing spot for Pickett. He's got them weapons, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. We've lost Juju, but then we gained George Pickens as well, who was a, a good value in the draft for the Steelers. So they've got plenty of weapons there as well as a good tight end. Um, and, and obviously, Najee Harris catches a million passes out of the backfield. So it's all set up for Pickett. If he can beat out Mitch Trubisky, which I think he can in season one. Um, so, yeah, it's also up for him to be a sort of a mid-tier quarterback. I've got him in a dynasty tier just below Tua, who hopefully was going to take the leap this year. And Zach Wilson as well, someone that I'm probably higher than most people on. He's actually older than Zach Wilson, which is which is interesting. But I think it's also up for Kenny Pickett. Um, I know these two certainly agree. They <laughs> were not, not his biggest fans pre-draft, but um, you've got to give it to him. He's, he's definitely the quarterback one, isn't he? Yeah, I'll just say... Begrudgingly agreed that is his QB one. I mean, I feel like it is. You, you kind of said it, Alex. It's by default, isn't it? I think I was I was pretty low on Kenny Pickett Adams, my QB five uh, entering the NFL draft. But just because of what happened to all the other quarterbacks, really, by default, he's, he's got to be the QB one. Um, the only one that went in the first round. Um, obviously, the other quarterbacks moving all the way down to, to round three before we saw another quarterback taken. So 
Yeah, it's got to be Kenny Pickett. It's got to be the QB one. And really interesting that he actually lands in a, in a good situation. Usually with these rookie quarterbacks, they tend to go early in the draft, so they end up with these teams that are struggling, thinking, like I said, Zach Wilson, one that, that comes to mind last year, um, Trevor Lawrence as well, all these guys, uh, Justin Fields, going to, to teams that are struggling. It seems to take a while for these guys to to adjust because of the situation they land in. But Pickett, I mean, it, it doesn't get any more juice, does it, than, than going to Pittsburgh with the, the weapons that they've got, Najee in the backfield to, to help him there as well. Um, it all sets up really well for, for Kenny Pickett. So, yeah, begrudgingly, I have to agree, he's the QB1. Um, to be honest, I, I do like it for Deontay Johnson, a guy that I'm high on. So, the fact that he's got Kenny Pickett, a guy that we know has got a pretty good deep ball on him, hopefully that can can unlock Deontay Johnson. But, yeah, sadly, I have to admit, he's, he's QB1 and, and quite easily for me. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely terrible as a, as a talent. <laughs> but, um, like you said, the, the, the landing spot is massive. It's the best landing spot for any QB rookie coming in. Um, you've got to take a million in your, in your suplex rookie drafts as well. Um, I'd take him as I have 103. I think 103 to 106 will be his range, but personally, I'd rather take a QB over a wide receiver just based on positional scarcity at, at that point. But I think longer term, if I am taking Pickett, I'm looking to move off him. I, I don't believe in the talent long term. Feels a little bit like a QB version of Clyde Edwards Alaire in the sense that everyone's really happy with the landing spot, the, the draft capital, etc. But I think underneath it all, the talent it's it's just not there for me. And I know it's the perfect situation. I just I just don't see it. I've got him in a tier with Matt Jones, which has probably been pretty favourable to pick it. But yeah, he's got to be out Trubisky first. Go on, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll move on from Kenny Pickett, a guy who we all hate apart from Ali, and we're going to move on to <laughs> a guy I think we're a bit indifferent on as well, to be honest. Uh, uh, this this is more like it for us, Kevin. I mean, this, <laughs> oh, this, yeah. this is more our kind of realm. Uh, going on to Desmond Ritter, the quarterback that landed with the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, this is a guy, me and yourself, Kev, we were both pretty high on him. Um, sadly, slipped in the draft. We were kind of hoping he could squeeze into that. That back end, back end of the first round. I mean, we've got round three draft capital, so um, <laughs> it, it's not quite, it's not quite played out how we planned. But again, a little bit like with, with Kenny Pickett, I've put Desmond Ridd as my QB too, and I just think he's got the best situation out of all the other quarterbacks behind Kenny Pickett. Um, he lands with the Falcons. Kev, I know it's a, it's a tough one for you because your your love for Marcus Mariota. I mean, you've got two guys that that you absolutely love on the on the same <laughs> offense. So I guess it's a it's a win win for you, Kev. You've got your favorite quarterback starting whoever it is. But um, yeah, Riddle landing with the Falcons. I'm still quite excited by it. Um, I understand obviously that the round three draft capital it's it's tough and it does make him more risky. But then that in turn, I think that's going to give you a pretty good value in in your rookie drafts. So I can see him going early second, maybe mid-second as well. And and I think to take a chance on somebody like Ridder, we know the upside that he's got, fastest quarterback to run at the, at the NFL Combine. So we know that there's rushing upside there with Ridder. Um, the only other issue is is the weapons that he's got. Um, thankfully, the Falcons selected Drake London in the first round, so that's one weapon for him. And then we all love Kyle Pitts as well, don't we? But behind that, that's when it becomes a bit more dicey. But in terms of Ridder, I think he's got the talent to, to beat, beat out Mario Ekev. Sorry to... To say it for you, for you Mario to love, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Desmond Ridder starting at some point this season, and and maybe earlier than we think. We know whoever's going to be the start of week one, uh, they're in for a rough rag, as I say, given the weapons that they've got over there with in Atlanta, and that could then lead to a to a short reign for the starting quarterback. So if that is Mariota and his struggles those first few weeks, why don't they just take a look at what they've got in Ridder, and then they can reevaluate for 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 twenty twenty three? So do quite like Ridder. Think he's got a chance to start and in turn he can be a really solid fantasy quarterback yeah i think falcons have automatically become my second team which will be <laughs> uh, really exciting news for our bucks fan ali um i think you you are right it's, it's probably the most favorable qb situation out of the rookies that have come in but actually all the the third round rookies and even sam howell uh, have got pretty good landing spots it's just the draft capital that's killer if, if it was if it was all in round one and you had Atlanta, Tennessee, Washington, you'd be licking your chops thinking they can beat out these guys. Um, obviously, Mariota's not a long-term solution based on his contract, but he's got a one-year deal if he performs. He can get an extension. Um, there's there's Malik Willis, which we'll come on to as well, and um, we're not going to talk about any other QB on this show, but 
I like the landing spot. I think Ridder, he's not got the best arm strength, so I think playing in a dome is big. I like the weapons longer term. Uh, you mentioned Pitts and London also. There's a doubt that Ridley might come back, so we'll have to see about that. But yeah, there's concerns. Round three, draft capital. Even if he does get some playing time towards the end of this season, there's nothing stopping him from taking a punt on any round one QB next year. And it's very likely they're going to be picking high. So he's my QB too as well from this class, but definitely not a round one pick like uh, the first guy we spoke about. Nice. Nowhere near as good as Kenny Pickett, but <laughs> we're not taking him in the first round, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, he was my quarterback five pre-draft, so maybe I was a little bit low on him. He's now my quarterback two, so I'm, I'm going to move him up. And uh, he's got a fantastic opportunity, I think. Marcus Mario has never tied down the, the court, starting quarterback spot. Not sure whether he's going to do it again this year. can see the Falcons being the basement team of the NFC South. And and, and then I think Desmond Ridd is going to get a shot towards the end of this season. So so who knows if he, if he hits it off, then you're going to you're going to gain massive value on your investment as a second round pick i don't think i don't think i've seen him go as a first round pick yet but um certainly early second round i think is his, his sweet spot and i'm i'm prepared to take him the early early second round just because of that that value that you can gain and in a year's time if he knocks off mario for the starting job then then you you've got someone that you can either start or you can sell him on for maybe one of them 2023 first round picks and you, you've gained massive value from your from your investment so so Desmond Ridder, um, I'm not going to have tape lock. I'm going to, I'm going to move up to my quarterback <laughs> too. Uh, he's got a fantastic opportunity, as as have all the the other um, quarterbacks that have gone after after Pickett. I think they're pretty much landed in the perfect spots. I think the Falcons is is the best spot out of these ones, um, just because of the the starting opportunity that that Ridder's got. Yeah, the like I said, all the guys have all the QBs have landed in the third round. They've got great landing spots. The next guy we're going to come on to. It's my guy, it's Malik Willis, QB for the Tennessee Titans. It's a good landing spot, but I think that he's dropping down boards, not only just the draft cap, but also this notion that Tannehill is secure longer term, which he probably is more secure than Mariota and uh, whoever's the QB at Carolina. Uh, was that Cam, Darnold, PJ Masks? It, it's, we don't know who that's going to be doing yet, but... Um, I actually think Willis could be starting earlier than we think. I don't think Tannehill's secure at all. He's, he's, he's absolutely bombed in the playoffs, even when they're winning games. So, yeah, um, I, I think he's going to get a shot sooner than we think. So I wouldn't be dropping him too far. He definitely deserves to be in that tier with Ridder. But, yeah, the fact that we thought he was going to be going early round one, as, as high as pick two, because he's a generational talent for Nystrom. Good shout on that. <laughs> He was wrong, but um, but yeah, Malik Willis is very enticing, but he's got to hit the field, and I, I think he will. But it's it's just a shame, really. We'd love to see him really uh, get an opportunity to to shine and be the next Konami QB. Yeah, I don't personally quite see it that way. I don't think that Malik Willis sees the field in twenty twenty two. I think Tannehill's locked in. I think the Titans just because of the, that lack of quality in that division i think people forget i think weren't they the one seed in the afc last year that they're a sneaky team they've got they've got a decent coach they've got a good they've now got burks they've got derrick henry coming back they've got a good team i think they're going to be head they're they've, they're going to nail the playoffs they're going to be in there and it's, it's going to be a case of willis will sit this year i think and Tannehill will maybe if if he bombs it in the playoffs again this year then they'll look to move him on and maybe see what they've got in malik willis but I do think he's not going to be starting this year. So he moves down to my quarterback three, but we know what the talent is. <laughs> Those saying that he was going to go to two overall to the Lions was was quite <laughs> hilarious. But <laughs> but there we are. It's a decent landing spot. I think I think they've got an out on Tannehill next year. I think they might look to 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 move him on if if it doesn't quite work out this year. But I think the Titans are a decent team where Malik Willis is not going to see the field this year. Yeah, to be honest, I think I'm, I'm with you, Ali, on that one. I don't think that he, he sees the field next year. Um, a little bit like you said, really, just because of the strength that they've got in that division, it, it feels like they should be getting to the playoffs again. And why would they take a chance on on a rookie quarterback when they've got um, Tannehill over there? Just it, it doesn't make sense to me. If if they are struggling, then 
then yeah, maybe we we do get to see a bit of Malik Willis. But whatever they're in in with a shot of getting to to the playoffs, I, I don't see Malik Willis seeing the field. But to be honest, I just don't see what the the Titans are doing altogether. To be honest, I mean they're in a position where, like you said, that they were the number one seed, and then they went and and traded AJ Brown. I mean, I can't believe Kev that you didn't even bring that up at the start that that the the Eagles pulled off such a I'm just a huge such an unbiased fan. I know. It's, I mean, very very great job you because you have to put up with all the. The rubbish of the Eagles and didn't even get to, to talk about your guy um, AJ Brown going over there. But yeah, I just, I just don't get what they're doing. I feel like they're in a position where they can at least get into the playoffs again. The fact that they moved AJ Brown, it was a, a bit of a head scratch and kind of puts a bit of pressure, doesn't it, on, on Tannehill. But I suppose they did bring in a, a rookie wide receiver that we'll, we'll get onto a little bit later. But yeah, overall, back to, to Malik Willis. We know the upside that he's got in fantasy. Um, as soon as he sees the field, I think that's when people are going to get excited because we're going to see that that rushing upside and everyone's going to fall in love with him all over again. It's it's just waiting until he gets that shot, I think. Indeed. So we're going to move on from the QB spots now to the running backs. And actually, I, I really do like this running back class in terms of some really enticing spots um, for a lot of the guys, not just top, the top three, but on future shows, we'll be really highlighting some of the running backs. So uh, we'll come back to you, Alan, kicking off with... Our consensus running back two. It is, and it's uh, it's another Kenneth that I've fallen in love with. It's <laughs> Kenneth Kenneth Walker, and it was talk about the Titans head scratcher. This was another head scratcher for me, just not from a fantasy point of view, but just from an organisational point of view. I mean, what are the Seahawks doing? They're they're in a division that one of the toughest divisions in the NFL, if not the toughest. Um, they've traded away Russell Wilson. So you think they've got to go rebuild. What? Why not rebuild now while the other teams are going for it? And then when they're rebuilding, that's when you'll be strong. But no, Pete Carroll says, no, I'm in my 70s now. I need to, to win a few <laughs> games. At least now I'm going to pick a, a win now running back in, in round two, which doesn't make much sense to me. But there you are. Kenneth Walker landed on the Seahawks. And just from a point of view where I think he's going to get plenty of action right out of the gate, I think it's a fantastic spot for fantasy obviously transferred from Wake Forest to Michigan State and and absolutely blew up with 1,725 scrimmage yards. Um, He was the second runner back off the board, as we expected. Early round two, only just a few spots after Brees Hall at pick 41. Uh, And yeah, initially didn't like the lander spot when when I heard it. I thought he was going to go into a better spot, but um, maybe that was my bias because I'm still in love a little bit with with Penny. Um, but, But then again, you just got to look at the situation and who knows what's happening with, with with Carson at the minute. And then Penny's missed 29 games in his four-year career so far. So he's hardly a, a runner back that you can rely on. And he's, he's only signed a one-year deal worth $5.75 million. So he's, he's not safe. And you expect really Kenneth Walker to, to come in here and probably take over that running back role. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was an odd decision just from a organisational point of view. But for fantasy and for dynasty, I think it's a fantastic landing spot. It's going to get so many touches out of the gate. Hopefully they target him in the running game as well. We didn't see too much of it in college, um, but yeah, he's, he's the safest houses pick, and he's probably probably should be the the number two rookie pick in in rookie drafts. Yeah, personally, I agree. I think he should go one hundred and two in in rookie drafts. To be honest, I love I love the, the the situation that he's landing. I've seen a lot of people weren't too sure about it, but I mean, we're talking about a guy. I think I tweeted out he, he led the league in in um, missed tackles forced in in college. He led the league in. Um, yards after contact when when running the ball, and now he lands on a team that's going to run the ball. I mean, what's what's not to love about this? I mean, it's to me, it's a great landing spot. They got whoever they've got a quarterback, whether it's Drew Lock or or Geno Smith. I mean, you're going to want to to lean on the run game as much as possible early to 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 not have to force your QB quarterback to, to throw the ball because neither of those guys I feel super confident with. So Kenneth Walker, I think he's going to see loads of opportunity. The only guy's got to beat out is Rashad Penny, a guy that's barely played in in the the four years that he's been in the NFL due to injury so I mean if, if you're relying on the fact that Penny's going to play the full season I mean you're playing a risky game and, and I absolutely love Rashad Penny so it, it was tough to see that, that the shares of Penny that I do have they've, they've kind of gone up in smoke but I'm, I'm all behind Kenneth Walk I think it's a, a great situation to be in um, definitely my 102 in in rookie drafts and I think he's absolutely going to smash in in Seattle yeah and I just agree with both you guys he- He's the running back two. He's the 102. I think anybody that's not taking Walker 102 or taking one of these wide receivers or dropping Walker to the 105, that that they're not understanding the value of running back versus wide receiver. And there's that tier of wide receivers, um, usually the top three, um, that will, which actually yeah, our top three we're going to come on to very soon. But um, 
yeah, I just I love the guy. I think he has got some concerns with pass game work, but in terms of volume, he's gonna get enough volume to be mid RB two minimum. I mean, if he gets lucky with touchdowns, he could even be a low end RB one. So yeah, people are in about the QB situation. I think in Seattle, that's why he's probably getting a bit of stick about maybe sliding down boards, but they're not spending a top fifty pick for him to not be used. So no. what a guy. <laughs> Speaking of what a guy, if you want to record the, this part of the show, it's, <laughs> uh, it's going to be Matt's uh, reaction. So um, yeah, we'll we'll pass it over to Matt and speak about the running back in 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 uh, New York. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about Brees Hall. You're probably wondering why we're talking about Brees Hall second is because I demanded that I get to speak about Brees Hall because I want to get everything out of the way before you to have a chance to slam me. So I'm going to start by saying I was absolutely devastated by the landing spot. You all know my love for Michael Carter. Um, quite funny, I actually fell asleep right before the pick, woke up to, to my, my uh, notifications on Twitter, absolutely blowing up. Everyone trying to get in touch with me saying, pray for Matt, check on Matt and stuff. So... Obviously, when I when I knew what happened, I was absolutely devastated because Michael Carter, it's over. The dream's over. I don't care what anybody says. People, I've seen people defending Michael Carter on Twitter saying that oh, it's going to be a 50-50 speed. It's going to be a it's going to be a running back by committee in the New York Jets. No, it's not happening. And I'm a Michael Carter fan. It's not happening. I'm all about Breesall now. Forgot about Michael Carter. We'll never have to talk about him again. So now, now that I've got all that out of the way. Got everything out of the way. Breesall landing in in New York with the Jets. It's it, it's a perfect landing spot. It's, it's it's the reason that I love Michael Carter as a talent and then the situation that he landed in just made it even better. The fact that I love Brees Hall and again, the situation, it's just perfect. This is a, an offense that's going to utilize the run game. I feel like they didn't really get a chance to do it last year. They were forced to throw the ball a lot. This is a team that's improving every year now. Um, Brees Hall is going to see lots of opportunity. They're addressing the O-line as well, which is only going to benefit um, Brees Hall. It's, everything's just pointing towards Brees Hall being an absolute smash. We loved him pre-draft. You've got, a, you've got an absolutely loving post-draft as well, landing with the Jets. Um, 101, without doubt now, it's not even up for debate. I've, I've seen some people saying that they wouldn't take Breesall. You're absolutely crazy. If you've got the 101, you're holding on to it and you're taking Breesall and just enjoy the fact that you've got one of the best running backs in this class quite easily. And to be honest, he's, he's going to slot into to be an RB1 in, in fantasy pretty soon. So, yeah, all out of the way. Absolutely love the landing spot for Breesall. <laughs> Obviously, a shame for Michael Carter, but it's the way things go, I guess. Yeah, we're just having a moment of silence there for Michael <laughs> Carter fans. Um, but yeah, just uh, to be honest, there was a guy saying that Brees Hall wasn't the 101 and he got an unfollow. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, just what are you doing? He's, he's, he's clear the 101. He's going to be going early round two in startups this offseason. So, absolutely mega value if you've got the 101 in rookie drafts you can probably sell it for an absolute haul as well that, that's one thing that a lot of people probably won't do because they'll see that Vesal is a 20 year old running back perfect situation so much upside Jonathan Taylor-esque upside I bet you could get an absolute fortune for it and actually get a better value than where he's going in startups in existing leagues because people will value that younger running back even higher I think than than normal so yeah 101 what a guy over to you <laughs> i feel like we could talk all show about priest hall <laughs> and how good this lander spot is but i'm glad you realize matt it is a dog eat dog world out there and i'm afraid priest hall is a big bad wolf and uh, michael <laughs> carter is just a little a little innocent puffy and <laughs> priest hall has just swallowed him up <laughs> but yeah you couldn't couldn't have summed up any better you two he's a fantastic landing spot he's a great prospect um, he was the 101 before the draft, and and now he got taken in the second early second round, landed with the Jets. And I absolutely love so many pieces on the Jets' offense now. Zach Wilson, I'm high on. Elijah Moore, I was high on. Garrett Garrett Wilson, now I'm high on. And Brees Hall, I, I do think the Jets are going to be sneaky good this year. Um, although we've said that a few times and they've <coughs> not done so well. But I think it's, it's a new regime, and I think Brees Hall, he has to be the 101. Um, he's just exciting to take there. You, you're going to feel good when you when you take him. So, so yeah, Breesall, 101. Can I, can I just add as well, it, it's a little bit more painful, the fact that the Jets traded with the Giants to take this, to take this <laughs> yeah. running back. And I'll stand that this wasn't the right pick for the Jets. They should not have taken Breesall. They've got enough in Michael Carter, but I mean, 
the fact that he's landed there, it's it's wheels up the resort. Is is that the the spot where you took Wondell Robinson as well in that that trade? Yeah, yeah, we traded down to get to get Wondell Robinson. Brilliant. <laughs> it was just a terrible like ten minutes for you. It, it was. Thankfully, I, I didn't get to see it live. But um, <laughs> yeah, looking looking back, it it wasn't it wasn't a great a great few picks. <laughs> So yeah, we're moving on from the, the top two running backs in in the class of consensus, and it opens up a little bit the running back three. But um, I got a little bit of intel just before the draft that this is the guy that would be the running back three. You can call me crapshoot, I guess. But um, James <laughs> Cook is a really interesting guy for me. He obviously ran land with the Buffalo Bills, which people were getting a bit hot and uh, bothered about uh, hoping Breeze all land there, but. To be honest, I quite like the Jets as nearly as much as uh, the Buffalo landing spot. But yeah, James Cook, really good in the past game. He's in an elite offense. People worried about Josh Allen uh, rushing touchdowns, etc. But I think they're going to look to protect Josh Allen a little bit more. And I could see him getting scaled back a little bit just because if you're giving him $300 billion or whatever, you, you want to sort of look after your asset. You don't want to take it fully away from him because he's got to play that way. But I think they'll be a little bit smarter. Obviously, he's got to get by Devin Singles, Trey as Cook. But again, I think this is a franchise that pretty smart. They seem to go from running back to running back to running back. Hopefully, this is the, the right one, the last one. But he's someone that's liked a lot more in NFL circles and uh, fantasy. So uh, running back free pre-draft, running back free post-draft. It's probably about my best take ever. <laughs> Yeah, I mean James Cook. You got to say elite name, elite draft. <laughs> uh, great, great landing spot for someone. I think he's my RB nine pre-draft, and I bumped him up to the RB five. So I think that's about as high as I'm willing to go for for James Cook. I've seen him drafted one oh one oh six in one league, which I think was a bit a bit high for James Cook, considering I don't see him having three down a skill set. I think he's going to be a pass catcher. Um, I personally, I think the Bills should scale back Josh Allen a little bit, but I think that makes Josh Allen as good as Josh Allen is, the fact that he's that dynamic running back. I don't think you're going to hold him back. I think that is his play style, and he'll do that. And I think they've been so, so successful because he does that. Um, so I think it's good for, for James Cook, the landing spot. I think it's also good for Devin Singletary that they avoided one of the two big names as well. Um, I'm happy to take Cook the beginning to the middle of the second round, but unfortunately I don't think there's going to be good enough to, to get cook. So um, I'm likely going to have little shares. I do want to take one share though, just because just in case Kevin's right. And he turns into the next <laughs> <laughs> Dalvin cook. Or, you don't have to take you know, a share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I'm, I'm a bit like yourself. Ali. I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% sure what his role actually is going to be. I, I personally feel like what you said, I feel like he's going to be that that pass-catching back. I think we need to remember as well that the Bills were going to bring in J.D. McKissick, weren't they, from, from Washington before that some for some reason fell through. So maybe is this their now second option of going for a running back that can catch the ball and and be that passing pass-catching running back? So... Personally, I do think that's that situation going to be. It's going to be a bit of a committee with with single tray, but we know that James Cook can run the ball. wasn't really asked to do it, obviously in Georgia alongside. Um, um, give me a clue. Zamir White. Uh, yeah, Zamir White. That's the one. Um, so yeah, we've not really seen that the true upside that he's got in in terms of running the ball, but I think that he can do it, and it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out over in in Buffalo with these running backs. Um, like you said, Ali, though, I think he's a guy I'm not going to get. He's somebody that I'd probably target. Maybe early second, but probably more mid second. And I've seen him go in the. I think I've done three three rookie drafts at the minute, or in the process of three, and he's gone round one in all three of those. So um, probably a guy I'm not going to get, but like you said, I've got to get one just just in case that he does turn into. I've seen Alvin Kamara. People have said the next Alvin Kamara on Twitter. So I mean, I'll, I'll get one share just in case. Mm, interesting, Alvin Kamara. <laughs> but yeah, we'll uh, we'll move on to the the wide receivers now. We're going to talk about a guy that. I think we're all pretty, uh, maybe me the lowest, but um, the first guy off the board in the actual NFL draft. Yeah, I can't deny I was I was pretty pumped to see Drake London <laughs> as the first wide receiver taken and couldn't have landed in a more perfect spot for me at the Atlanta Falcons. Um, very, obviously, very little competition. Um, the quarterback position is interesting, but um, it's going to be a basketball team with, with Drake London and Carl Pitts, the massive dudes. 
I think it's going to be really fun to to watch. And he's he's now my rookie wide receiver one. He was my pre-draft wide receiver three, but I just I loved him so much. I really wanted to move him up and just find any excuse to push him higher. So this is just fantastic. The fact that I can do it now and people aren't gonna aren't gonna laugh at me and say, "Oh, he's rubbish." You need Garrett Wilson wide receiver one. <laughs> I think people are accepting it now, and he's definitely my wide receiver one. I'm happy to take him as the first wide receiver <laughs> off the board. Um, yeah, Mariota in season one is going to be interesting, but perhaps we see. Desmond Ridder in year two afterwards. Um, we'll see how, how it plays out. But it's going to be fun. I think the Falcons are going to be a fun team to watch. They'll, they're going to be playing from behind a lot, I think, this year. So they're going to have to put up points. And I think Drake London's going to have plenty of opportunities. He could easily finish as the wide receiver one this season. He's going to see a, a ton of targets. Um, he's the first wide receiver I'm grabbing at, at the 103 spot. I'm really happy to take Drake London just after Kenneth Walker and, and feel really good about it as someone that I like pre-draft. They've got fantastic capital and someone I think that's got long-term great ability. Um, we're going to see uh, who we're going to see Calvin Ridley come back possibly next year um, if he's in the right <laughs> mindset. Um, <laughs> and again, that, that's just, that just adds to this offense. It's going to be exciting to watch. Um, so yeah, Drake London, I feel really good about him being a wide receiver one. Yeah, to be honest, I think I've got him wide receiver three, had him wide receiver five before for the NFL draft. And I will just say that I'm in a, a rookie draft. I think it's in our fantasy work, our rookie draft in it, yes. where I had the 102. And, and I took Drake London because I think it's probably the only share I'm going to get. Um, I just felt like I'm, I'm going to get the, the next guy we're going to talk about. He's my wide receiver one, and I'll be getting him in a lot of places. So <laughs> I just thought, this league, why not go and take Drake London? And, and Ali was in that league as well, I thought. Yeah, 103 just, did Ali have 103 as well? So no, you I, had 103, I think. Oh, I had 103. Oh, that's all yeah. right. Yeah. I didn't want to do you a disservice and make people think you're taking it 102. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're right, actually. Yeah, it was the first wide receiver off the board. So, yeah, just in case, I thought I'd, I'd take him and get a share. And I think it's, it's an interesting situation he lands in. We, we spoke about, obviously, the quarterback situation over there is a little bit dicey but I mean that can that can change even as early as next year and, and maybe Desmond Ridley if he's, he's the answer maybe it could be it could all turn out perfect for Drake London um, sooner than we think so yeah the fact he's only really got Cal Pitts in terms of target over there in Atlanta um, the volume's going to be there for him and, and that's what you crave as a as a rookie somebody to, to hit the ground running Drake London's got that coming to him he's, he's going to see plenty of targets um, and yeah, I think it is going to be real side as a rookie. As I say, my, my wide receiver three, but to be honest, they're all probably in, in one big tier together. And yeah, wheels up for, for Drake London in Atlanta. Yeah, he's still in my top three. He's wide receiver three. I'm probably a little bit lower on him, sort of QB-wise. I, I don't think Ridder or Mario would fit really well with his, with his style in the sense that both of those guys are really conservative, really. After see a guy open to throw it, I'm not pretending to be a film grinder. Um, <laughs> I just know these things, but uh, it's my intel again. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I just I think he might struggle early on. Uh, the volume is a good thing, but but yeah, I think for me, London might be a guy that maybe doesn't flash as a rookie, but he's someone that you should be really excited about and going after late to late this season or thinking in the offseason if he doesn't show as a rookie because he's got a ton of talent he's super young we've talked about how he performed against other kings like the sun god over at usc so um yeah i, I like london but that bridge qb is going to be hilarious you could say that london's <laughs> bridge is falling down maybe <laughs> maybe not um, reach 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 yeah not a reach one, but, uh, speaking of a guy that wasn't a reach in my eyes is uh your next wide receiver Matt. yeah so it's Traylon Burks as I said this is this is my wide receiver one in the class and to be honest if you'd have told me before the NFL draft that he's going to land in Tennessee I wouldn't have been super excited about it to be honest, but it's because as we've said the fact that the AJ Brown's now moved on from the Titans Traylon Burks has gone there people are saying he's probably the most comparable to to AJ Brown I don't think he's he's quite there in, in terms of being an AJ Brown but I mean this is a guy that I've been been super proud to be honest. I think all three of us are, are really like Traylon Burks leading up to the NFL draft and now lands in Tennessee without AJ Brown. There's going to be plenty of opportunities there. And, and to be honest, it could be a good scheme fit for him as well. We know how he can be used in a variety of ways, but like he was um, in college with, with Arkansas. And the fact now that he lands with, with the Titans, a team that's going to run the ball a lot, 
I feel like they're going to find ways to, to get the ball in Traylon Burke's hands, and that's only going to add to the excitement, I think, personally, for, for Traylon Burke. He's going to see plenty of opportunity, plenty of targets where, whenever they do throw the ball. He's, he's basically sliding in. He is that number one there. Obviously, we know Robert Woods is, is, is over there, but he's recovering from that, that ACL injury. So maybe he might not even be ready for, for week one of, of the NFL season. So everything just points towards a great opportunity for, for Traylon Burke. And as I say, I, I quite like the landing spot now with, with AJ Brown moved on. So he's, he's comfortable in my wide receiver one. I kind of said that I think I've got them all in a tier, but if I'm being honest, I think Traylon Burks is, is going to top that tier all the time and, and probably the guy that I lean towards um, nine times out of 10. Yeah, I've moved up to my wide receiver one over Garrett Wilson. Um, I just really like the fact that essentially we've got this gaping hole after uh, the, the superb and amazing AJ Brown went to a really smart franchise. <laughs> um, you may know him, the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> But yeah, wide receiver one for me. I just really like the fact that I do think he's got a lot of insulation with him moving up to get him as well. Um, and I think QB wise, there's going to be an upgrade due in the future. I don't see Tannehill long term. I don't see Malik Willis long term either, unless he's amazing. <laughs> so I think either way, he's, that's going to happen uh, somehow. But yeah, I just really love the talent, love the opportunity. Great fit, actually. He's very similar to AJ Brown in that sense. So. Yep. Um, they won't have to change their offense too much to account for him. Uh, but yeah, just top low. <laughs> yeah, top low. Great fit. Yeah, d- definitely. With the, Cheers, with the Taylor. He's the reason for the trade. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> a good, a good fit. A, a decent team. A team that's ready to win now, even with trading away AJ Brown to that that horrible team in the NFC East. But, <laughs> but but Traylon Burks is still in my top my top tier wide receiver, just overtaken by Drake London. Um again, fantastic. He's as you mentioned, Robert Woods might not be ready for start of season. Who knows what you know, he didn't show up last season very well at all. And Traylon Burks is gonna get plenty of looks. Um so yeah I'm, I'm excited for Traylon Burks. He's definitely an extremely safe pick and we, we all know the upside that that Burks brings. So happy to take him around the 103 to, to 105. Indeed, and this is another guy we're going to move on to that's sort of going in that range, but um, in, in my eyes, he maybe shouldn't be going in that range, and it's, it's Jameson <laughs> Williams, wide receiver for Detroit, so I know you boys are pretty high on this guy. I was the lowest pre-draft, and I'm actually, I've actually dropped him a little bit post-draft. I know that he was, was like the second or third wide receiver off the board, sorry, and the, the Lions traded quite a bit to get him, but I really don't like the fit, if I'm honest. I think... The Lions are a team full of those sort of short and intermediate uh, volume target monsters, Swift, Hawkinson, the Sun God who I mentioned. I think short term I see him as a bit of a decoy. He's coming off that ACL injury, so rookie season he might not flash. Um, Jared Goff, we know he's not the the most, uh, what would you say, uh, throw it down the field QB. And then next year you're sort of hoping for them to get one of the top two, the 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 Bryce Young, the CJ Stroud. I'm not sure they'll be in range. The, their offense is looking pretty decent just with getting everyone back and uh, obviously the King DJ Jacks over there as well. So um <laughs> yeah, I, I like James Williams. I think he's great, but I just think he could have been a lot better landing spot. I wanted him with a better QB than Jared Goff. And yeah. I still like him, but not as much as you guys. I'm just interested to see who you've got ranked higher going into next season, Jameson Williams or or DJ Chark. Like <laughs> <laughs> with the with the Waddle one, yeah. Um, I I actually really don't mind the Landon spot initially. Looking at these ones, it is the worst on paper. But I think there's a long term plan with Jameson Williams. They made a crazy move up from was it pick 32 to pick 12 i think it was to take jameson williams so it was an absolute crazy move gave up a shed loads but they love him i think long term he's going to be their wide receiver one i think he's got the most upside out of all of these wide receivers in this class just with that speed that he's got he's got another gear to reach it's obviously coming off that injury so you're not picking him now for for this season but i think next season there's going to be a quarterback upgrade coming and i think jameson williams when it's all said and done, I would not be surprised if he's the best wide receiver in this class and he's a top five dynasty wide receiver in two to three years' time. 
Wow. I love the com- I love the confidence. Uh, this is the- I, f- I felt like I were on an island, man, because he's my wide receiver still, uh, wide receiver two still in this class. I absolutely love James. We all know that I loved him pre-draft anyway. Yeah, he lands with the Lions, and I'll be honest, if you're taking Jameson Williams in your rookie drafts, don't expect too much year one because, as I've said, obviously coming off that ACL injury, Jared Goff, yeah, he's not he's not a great fit with Jared Goff. He's not one of the, the better deep ball throwers in, in terms of quarterbacks. But, I mean, the upside that Jared Wilson, uh, J- yeah, Jameson Williams even, has got is, is unbelievable. It's <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. And, and I, I feel like it's it's the best in this class. And I agree with Ali. I think he can he could end up being one of the, the best wide receivers in this draft class. Um like I said, though, I just come on, Kev. You, you, we'll get you on board eventually. I know. I know it's tough with DJ Chark over there. It's, it's painful that he's come and taken DJ. I'm Chark. a sun god. <laughs> but no, like I said, I think year one he's probably not going to do too much coming off that ACL injury. But Jared Goff, if he struggles, there's going to be a quarterback upgrade. So I'm not buying into this. He don't fit with Jared Goff because, to be honest, I don't think Goff's going to be starting. I don't think Goff's going to be starting quarterback next year though. And James nope. Williams probably is not going to play. I don't know. He might even only play six games this this coming season. So, to be honest, I'm not I'm not too bothered. I know it's a long term investment. I know that I've probably got to wait for next year, but this is my guy, and I know that I've got to get him. If I can wait and move back and get him, then yeah, I'm doing that. But if if I know I've got to pull the trigger a little bit, like in like I said, this draft we're doing in in um, the, the fantasy wildcard draft, I tried to move up. The guy knew that I was high. James Williams just said, "You're coming up for your guy, aren't you?" I was like, "Yep," and then he went and took him. So, I mean, everybody knows my love for him. I know I've got to move up and get him in these in these um, rookie drafts. But yeah, I love the upside and and I love James Williams. And speaking of guys who love the wide receivers, this next one is <laughs> a favorite of yours, Ali. He is. See, it was my sleeper wide receiver pick before the draft. It's Alec Pierce landing on the Indianapolis Colts. Um, just landed in a perfect spot, to be honest. He got great, great draft capital, round two, pick pick 53, one spot ahead of everybody's love, Sky Moore. Um, I think he's, he's just a big dude. You know I love big dudes. <laughs> Sounds so wrong. But he's also, he's, he's also, he's also speedy for a, for a big guy. He's 4.4140. Um, we all know that he carried Desmond Ritter in 2021. <laughs> 96% L speed score, 94% L burst score for someone that size. We all know the Colts needed wide receiver help as well. And I'm just so glad that they went for Alec Pierce to, to land with Matt Ryan. I absolutely love the pairing of Matt Ryan. Is, I think Matt Ryan can still sling it. Um, Alec Pierce can work as that X or Z wide receiver spots. He's got a good vertical threat. So I absolutely love the pairing. I think it's the perfect spot to to draft Alec Pierce in the middle to the back end of round two, I'll be taking him everywhere I can and just feel really good about it. He's going to be guaranteed. He's going to be next year's Eamon Ra St. Brown. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. I wasn't super high on him coming into to the draft, but there's no denying he lands in a great situation. Got great draft capital being selected in, in the second round, but now going to the Colts, playing alongside um, Michael Pittman, having, having Matt Ryan there as well at quarterback. It's all pointing towards it being a really successful rookie season. Um, for Pierce, I think you spoke about getting him late seconds. Pierce, I've seen him go a little bit early in that, so Ali might have to, to maybe move a little bit in rookie draft because <laughs> I think he's probably going to go mid second, to be honest. And um, yeah, I think he's, it's a, it's a really great landing spot. I'm not going crazy for him, but he's definitely moved up my rankings now. And as I say, it's, it's a great situation for potentially a really solid rookie season. Yeah, it's it's a strange one for me this because mm. I actually really liked him. Even though I was actually higher than you when he was your sleeping guy, it's quite <laughs> funny. But um, yeah, the landing spot, I'm not crazy for. When, when the Colts were on the board, I was thinking Sky Moore is absolutely perfect mm. for that offense across from, mm-hmm. from Pittman. And, and they took Alec, Alec Pierce instead. And I don't know. I just. They're pretty similar. I just think. Could have been worse. Could have done what Giants did. I mean, at least, <laughs> got, at least got an half decent wide receiver. <laughs> That's the thing. I do think he is. He's half decent and he's got he's got he has got upside um playing for uh, Cincinnati in college, but I think he's pretty similar to Pittman. I, I just mm. I don't see the fit in the offense unless they're changing something going for like big dudes outside a little bit, maybe like um Arizona tend to do. If they're doing something like that, it makes sense. But if they're trying to make him a, a Z receiver, someone that's gonna do all the routes and sort of be a be a focal point, I just just don't see it so yeah he's in that tier with all those other, other interesting guys but it, it should have been sky more and then wow 
I mean, people are going crazy for his landing spot, but I actually would have preferred it with um, the Colts. And that <laughs> brings us on nicely to our next guy, Matt. Lovely segue there, Kev. Yeah, Sky Moore, obviously landing with the Kansas City Chiefs in, in round two. I mean, I love it. I think everybody loves it, don't they? It seems to be the talk of Twitter at the moment, Sky Moore. And this is a guy that I know when I did um, a profile on my Twitter, one of those Twitter threads on him, he's a guy that I instantly fell in love with when I saw him, started looking at the tape. I'm not a not a film grinder, disclaimer there, but just seeing what he can do when, when he's on the field, the, the fact that he's so versatile, but as well, um, just the, the production that he had in, in college, everything's just pointing towards him being a really exciting pick for, for the Chiefs. Um, the one thing I will say, people getting excited about landing spot saying, well, he's just going to slot in and be that wide receiver one over there. Even if you do think he's the wide receiver one over there, personally, I think Juju's going to have his, his argument of being the top target in, in, in the Chiefs offense. But as well as Travis Kelsey, I mean, people seem to forget about Travis Kelsey when, when talking about the, the pass catching weapons there. I mean, he's really the, the, the wide receiver one over with the Chiefs. And then it's Juju and Sky Moore fighting for, for the targets. But it's a team that we know is going to throw the ball plenty. He's tied to the best quarterback in the NFL. I think it's it's safe to say. So it, there's reason why people are getting excited by him. I'm getting excited by him. I'm happy to take him. I think I've taken him 109. I've taken him 109 in a couple of drafts, I think. So um, a guy that I'm happy to take at that spot. He, he's got great upside. Um, in terms of what he can do in, in fantasy. And yeah, the, uh, shall I say that the cliche, the sky's the limit <laughs> for Sky Moore. We love it. Now, <laughs> there's also Sky Vodka, which is spelled the same. So yeah, yeah. it's probably a lot tastier than Sky Vodka. <laughs> vile. But um, yeah, really great talent. Landing spot's going to push him up boards potentially higher than should do but i do appreciate the opportunity he's got um year one it's juju and kelsey in my eyes and sky Moore will get whatever's left but you've got to think juju's on a one-year deal kelsey's older than most titans at fire so but there's a <laughs> there's a chance he could be the wide receiver one tied to Mahomes in in one or two years time which is mega if he can hit and uh, I think he's a great fit for that offense as well. You've got obviously MVS flying up the field. You've got Juju doing his bits underneath. And then you've got Skymar doing a bit of everything. So really great fit. I've actually, but it's probably a better fit than Colts actually now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the only ca- the only caution I have is if you add him really low before the draft, don't be bumping up fifty spots in your rankings. Like if you add him high. That's fair enough. Just don't overreact too much just based on the landing spot alone. Yeah, trouble is I think people have bumped him up a, a bit too much. And to be honest, we all like Sky Moore before before the draft. So we we all knew this would be a fantastic landing spot. And he, he did land here with, with Pat Mahomes, uh, the dynasty quarterback one or two in a lot of people's eyes. And um, it's a fantastic landing spot. Um I've seen him go above Jamison Williams today, which I think is a mistake personally. Um, I think people are overreacting to that landing spot, but but I get it. He he could eventually be the wide receiver one. We're not talking Tyreek Hill, but again, if he's a potential wide receiver one in the future, if if he is the wide receiver one on this offense, so so I get it. I think the one hundred eight one hundred nine is is his limit for me. Um, so I might not have many shares of him, but I would be taking him ahead of our next guy. Yeah, nice segue, Ali. Thank you for that. And the next guy is my last pick, Christian Watson, who was drafted by the Packers. I actually had him and Sky Moore very, very similar in the rankings. I've actually got Watson above Moore, but I'm going to have to switch that, I think. What an idiot for putting Watson above Moore. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I've got Watson that high is it's partly still the talent. I think he's really intriguing. Um, he wins in a variety of ways. He's athletic. He's a runner, he can catch. He's tied to Aaron Rodgers. But I think the big thing for me is the Packers have had so many options, so many opportunities over the last three or four years to actually get a wide receiver in better classes than this at wide receiver. And they've not. And then in this class, they thought, you know what? We're going to send two, we're going to make a trade up, send two second rounders and get their guy. So that's a big indication for me that they really like this guy. They've got him high on the books. Um, He's going to be the wide receiver one in that offense if he's good enough. So that's probably why they put him with Skymore originally because he's got, in my eyes, the highest ceiling in year one out of all the wide receivers in this class. If he gets 
130 targets, which he might if he's good enough. But yeah, let's move my let's move Skymore back up above him. But Christian Watson's guy should have very close. If you've got a big gap between them guys, nah. <laughs> that, yeah, Christian Watson. I've seen him go one ten to one twelve. I think that is that's his sweet spot. Again, you're talking about the wide receiver six in this class. Um, might not feel good to some, but for someone that's tied to that elite quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, and Christian Watson is an athletic freak himself, is tested fantastically. I was I was high in him pre-draft. I've, to be honest, I've not actually moved him up, even though he's he's landed in a fantastic spot um, just because the wide receiver's ahead of him. But but yeah, I love Christian Watson and take him at the back of back of round one and you're going to feel really good about it. Yeah, I'll be honest, I wasn't, I think I was the lowest out of us who went on, on Watson pre-draft. I have bumped him up a little bit, but still I think I'm I'm quite low compared to consensus. I've got him wide receiver nine um, in my rankings. You, you said back end of the first, I'd still take him 112. That's where I've currently got him in terms of, of overall. I, I can understand there's, there's upside there, obviously tied to a great quarterback and everything, but we've got to remember, I think Aaron Rodgers is a guy that's not really known for, for throwing the ball plenty to his rookie wide receivers. He tends to lean on on those guys that he trusts. We know that they've got Alan Lazard over there. I feel like he's probably the the, the guy that's that's going to see most of the targets in terms of, of being um, Rodgers' number one. It's a guy that he's known and, and built a bond with. So I do have, I've just got these slight concerns that he might not smash like everybody's hoping in year one. Um, and with that, I just feel like there's just a lot of risk with Watson. He's a guy we knew were entering that it's still quite raw we still don't really fully know what watson is obviously we know that the level of, that he played at in in college wasn't the, the greatest either so there's still just a lot of question marks for me when it comes to Watson. i understand that there's huge upside there if, if it all plays out like like we all hope it will then then watson's going to be a smash and you're going to feel great this time next year if if he's smashing you got him at the back end of the first but for me personally i just feel like there's still some some question marks there and, and i'm a little bit hesitant on him maybe compared to, to people like Kev. <laughs> I was a bit worried when you said if you've got Sky Moore and, and Watson miles apart then and then you, you didn't really say anything. So I'm glad you didn't say too many insulting things because yeah. I've, I've got a bit of a I've got a bit of a gap between them. So <laughs> I, I mean rankings are rankings. I think tier wise they deserve to be in the same tier. If you've got them in different yeah. you, you're wrong. <laughs> I mean you, you're not you're like wrong. you've got me in the same tier, Josh, <laughs> but I mean like if you want if you've got him like ranked two oh six, you're you're obviously yeah. a jerk. So um <laughs> yeah, that brings us to the end of the show where we've recapped some of the key players from the first two days of the NFL draft. So we'll get your quick thoughts on how today's show's gone, guys, and any thoughts you've got. Yeah, so just the first one, we've we've just touched on it with with the final two guys. It's just be careful with the wide receiver landing spots. People define them as perfect spots. I said before the draft that the Packers and the Chiefs were the, were the perfect landing spots. Just be careful. If you didn't have Sky Moore and Christian Watson ranked too high, don't overreact and put them above players like... I've seen them go ahead of Chris Olave and Jameson Williams in drafts, which I think is a mistake. Those two are better wide receivers in, in decent spots themselves. So just, just don't make that mistake. Um, and actually, I was surprised to see the level of hype for this draft class, considering... How low I felt personally after straight after the draft is there seems to still be quite a lot of hype. Um, there was a guy messaged me that really wanted to. He didn't have a first round pick, and I managed to to trade away the 106 for a 2023 first, which I was really happy to yeah. do. Um, so yeah, there's there's hype for this draft class, which was surprising to me. Yeah, I found it free. I know I started a couple of drafts and I'm like, oh, this is a terrible draft. All those guys that didn't have picks like, oh, this is a terrible draft. I'm so glad I traded away my picks. But once you start getting those rookie drafts, you'll be surprised how many people start trying to move about the draft board, getting in here, trying to grab these these sleepers, these these guys that we're not talking about. But I'll just say that the one thing I will say is, like you, you've touched upon really, is if you've got your rankings pre-draft, don't overreact to it post-draft. You'll, you'll feel terrible about yourself if the guy that you really love pre-draft if if you've you've not bumped him quite, have you bumped him up and it and he hits, then just just stick to your rankings, stick to what you know, and you're going to feel a lot better. However, it plays out. Don't just just like cave to the consensus, I guess, and feel like you've got to move him because everyone else is moving him. Stick to what what you feel. Stick to your good. Obviously, listen to us because we're, we're smart guys. But just just stick to your process, and, and you'll enjoy it far more. Yeah, just a quick one from me on this class. It's it could be seen as a wild card class because there's lots of mm-hmm. range of outcomes. It's a bit crazy, but just remember this class has also had got a 
cook a white and a fawn turn it so mm-hmm. that's the real reason it's wildcard <laughs> that's our surnames in case you didn't know <laughs> so yeah thank you for tuning in be sure to subscribe and follow us on twitter at fantasy wildcard also leaves a five star review if you've enjoyed today's show really helps us get to a wider audience and also join us for our next show we'll welcome on the brilliant kevin coleman from the Devi royale to complete a post draft rookie mock draft thank you mm-hmm. once again have a good one and we'll see you soon When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.